Welcome ladies who launch. Ladies who launch is where we interview women to give us ideas to make ourselves stronger, better, etc. And I asked my friend Kathy Aspden, who's not going to be my friend much longer if she doesn't change her evil ways, but I asked her to come and talk today. Let me just give you a little review of what I see. You know how that person is on Facebook or Instagram and, you know, one night, all of these are accurate, by the way. One night she made a Ruth Bader Ginsburg neck crocheted something or other while she was watching. What were you watching when you were doing I that? I think I was watching the Bridgertons then. Okay, exactly. Which, by the way, I'm not sure how you can do both. But anyway, she's written two books in the last couple of years. She's written a number of screenplays, some of which are already in Hollywood being looked at. She runs a business of her own. She was a hairdresser for many years. She writes for the Cape Cod Times on occasion. She writes with me on occasion. We've written a couple of joint projects together. Two days ago, there's three of us that, you know, we text together and it's one guy, this guy, Andrew, and then Kathy and myself. And she put up on Facebook, this was the final straw, which made me want to do this podcast. She put up <laughs> turkey pot pie, which like the crust was perfect. And then... There was a little image of a turkey on top of the crust and then the initials of her grandchild. How many grandchildren do you have? I have eight. Okay, all of which, by the way, get some of Kathy's time. So I think you can begin to guess the topic today. And the topic today is time management. And I did on our little text that we have three of, I did say to Kathy this morning that Andrew and I spoke last night and we're gonna vote her off the island if she doesn't get a little competent to make us feel so freaking guilty is it time management or are you just crazy what is it Kathy oh I think it's probably a little bit of both I mean my joke is that a little medication would probably cure all of this but to be honest with you I don't want to call it time management because time management means that I'm actually doing something functional to create these spaces of time uh-huh. and that's not the case I think it's that it's more like seize the time management which is that if you don't have time to do something, just do it anyway. If you don't have time to get it started, just start it. At least when you get back to it, 10% of it will be done. If you don't have time to clean up afterward, if you've got this great task going on and you know you're gonna leave it in a disaster, well, let the people in your wake worry about your disaster. Walk away knowing that they're gonna have to, whatever, whether it's refinishing a table or making a turkey pie, They'd rather have the cooked turkey pie in the messy kitchen. So would I. So a lot of it is the very stuff that people that really are good at managing their time would never allow themselves to do. Interesting. Yeah, that's so interesting because I read this study. I look at time management a lot because I'm 67 years old now and I've realized that time is the most valuable commodity. It's also something that I have the least amount of moving forward and Three, if you have a full life and lots of things you want to do, time is not always your friend. Right. I don't want to make it my enemy. So therefore, I want to be in the moment. I want, you know, all the things that we're all learning about. But I did read that, you know how you're sitting on the couch, or maybe you're not. I am. <laughs> let's say I'm sitting on the couch and I'm eating a little Haagen-Dazs ice cream right out of the pint. So it might feel as if it's not as much as it is. So I'm not putting it in a bowl. Right. And I think, oh, you know, I really need to get up and move the laundry. There's a commercial. And I say, I need to get up and move the laundry to the dryer. If you do not move within two seconds, you're not going to. It's done. Okay, that is a study. That is a study Mm -hmm. that says, 
when something comes to your mind that says, go do this, if, mm-hmm. if you can sort of check yourself and say, I got to go right this minute, because if you don't, the odds of you doing it lessen greatly. Are you right. somebody who utilizes that function? I do. And I, I do a lot of rewinding on the TV because of it. So I'll get up thinking, yes, empty the dishwasher because tomorrow morning you're going to hate yourself because you know you're not going to do it or whatever that is, whatever the, the issue is. I do a lot of yelling into my phone too. So if I'm sitting there doing something I would rather do, but then have an idea about something else, I will send myself a really quick note. Now I just do it on Alexa and I say, remind me in whatever it is. If I think I'm going to go to bed at 10, I'm going to ask her to remind me at 9.55 to do something that wow. I don't want to get up and do. So uh, I can yell out to Alexa and say, oh, yeah, remind me absolutely. at 9.45 That's to remind her. Right, exactly. She has... She's, we have a frenemy relationship, she and I, so. Well, I'm not in love with her name, by the way. Yeah, I'm not either. And you know, you can change that. I mean, she could be David for all I want. You know, she could be anything. How about bitch? Can she be bitch? Yeah, now I'm just into it being Alexa. I would be calling out Alexa even if I named her Amber. So you utilize a lot of technology in your organizational skills. I I used to use the notes in my iPhone all the time. And some of it was something funny would happen and I knew it could fit in a screenplay later, but I also knew that I would forget. Something eventually would jog my memory, but I would forget when I was trying to retrieve it. So I would run to the bathroom and just yell into my iPhone, make a new note that says blah, 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 blah. And it would be intelligible enough that I could retrieve it and get some aspect out of it. And then the whole incident would uh, pop right back into my mind. All right. Now, when you're writing, Kathy, do you set aside a block of time? In other words, do you turn everything off for two hours and write? No. What I do is I don't have to turn everything off because I'm ignoring my phone. I'm ignoring if somebody's asking. I'm ignoring if my daughter said, hey, wait, you know, you were supposed to babysit for me at 10. I'm ignoring all of it. So I'm an annoyance a lot of times because when I'm into the writing, Unless it's something that I know I'm leaving for and I somehow remind myself and jog my mind, I can get so involved in it that I really will miss the things that I should be at. So it doesn't make me a wonderful person to be able to do all this. You know, I'm going to have to remind myself to tell Andrew that. So we (laughs) get one more week on the island, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and all of this is born of my father died at 48. Well, I saw that finite timeline. I saw the seize the day and he had that ability to seize the day and he stuffed a full lifetime into 48 years. And I think I've probably been doing it ever since, just hoping to not miss something that I really didn't want to miss. What time do you get up in the morning? I wake up at 6.30 and I'm up at seven. So it's not extremely early. You know, another thing, Kathy, that we can talk about in time management that I just realized is I'm going to give an example. Ashley Parker, who writes for the Washington Post, who is my idol, because I think she gives us the roadmap to gender equity. The woman is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist for the Washington Post. And she also tweets at the same time, there'll be this thing. I just launched this article on what's happening behind the scenes in the White House. And then her next tweet is, oh my God, she pooped in the port. (laughs) You know, in other words, she's not afraid to show that her life is more than being this man-like journalist. Mm -hmm. She also has this whole other thing going on. Anyway, she's a huge idol of mine. And I read last night her article about what's happening behind the scenes in the White House. Mm-hmm. And then what I read this morning and I saw happening is, so I'm, here I am, I'm going through Twitter and I'm going through pulling out pieces of news in the morning. And every time that article was mentioned or there was a quote from that article, which I had already read, I right. clicked on it. 
I clicked on it. Okay, number one, that tells all the social media platforms to put more of that in front of me. So I'm going to see it more and more and more. And secondly, I already got everything I needed to get out of that article. I was wasting time. And one of the things that we have to learn to manage in social media, it's not about Facebook taking content out. It's about us managing the content that we are taking in. And one of the things for time management is make a point and say to yourself, I am not going to click on something I already know about. I don't need to. I don't need to know about it 20 times to make me angry, which makes me feel good. You know, what I need is to get new information that I don't know about. It's sort of like, how many times can you watch Silence of the Lambs? Now, I'm down to once a year, but there was a time when it was once a month. So my, my point is, you know, we can manage our time better by recognizing that we waste a lot of time going over the same information and the social media platforms will put more of that same information out because they know they've got you hooked on it. That is so, so true. Yeah. So true. Right. But we've got to move on to more about you now. <laughs> okay. Now, interestingly enough, another study, I brought a lot of information that I read, I put together for us to chat today. Another study says that those who are most successful at time management, and again, maybe we'll call it something else because you would prefer, those who are most successful at getting a lot of things they want done during the day, they usually have a routine in the morning that they do not deviate from. Ah, then I might not be in that list. You don't have that. No, well, I mean, my routine is I have my coffee, but a lot of what happens is about percolating too. So if I am doing the dishes, I'm not doing the dishes. I mean, I'm the absolute least, I have to meditate on the side because I'm not a Zen in the moment person. While I'm doing something here, my mind is busy going over some dialogue that I was interested in utilizing here or working out a problem on a story or a movie or or another idea that came to me. And so, and that doesn't just extend itself to writing. It extends itself to, are you going to refinish that piece for the bedroom? Like, what will you do? Will it be a whitewash? Will it be a stain? So quite often that- By the way, be- that has never come to my mind ever. Oh, <laughs> Just so you know. All right, but Kathy, when you're with your eight grandchildren, and I know you do a lot of things one-on-one, which I think, by the way, is really critical. When you're with people who you love, do you stay in the moment or are you doing it anyway? Totally. How do you turn off one way that you are to be another way that you are? Okay, so this is what they expect of me. When I'm with them, whether it's taking walks in the woods or whatever it is, they want a story. They're like, tell us a story, Nana. And I will just start babbling off the most crazy, ridiculous stories. And they are enthralled by it. And so now if we get it in the car to go somewhere and I'm not telling a story. So it's active. And then they have to tell a story. So it's very active as opposed to task Actually, yeah, that's very helpful, you know. So because I know that my daughter's 34 now. And so when she was young, you know, four, five, six, seven, I didn't have a cell phone. We had a car phone. And when we were in the car, I was on that car phone. So I can tell you that I am so grateful they didn't have the technology they have now because I would never have been the mother that I was. And I already had problems. Everybody wishes they were different, but. Yeah, no, it's it's easy to let other things get in the way with kids. And I'm probably let more things get in the way with my children in that way. Talk to me about quality. Now, here's the other thing I've noticed about you. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, I think you and I decided the next morning we just were talking and we wrote this piece together, which we were very excited about and actually had a wonderful response from the outside world. 
we just had some ideas we wanted to lay out together. I sent you a draft. You had that next draft back. I have an editor because, you know, I have no grammar and I'm always making typos and things. So I have an editor. We didn't have time to get it to my editor. So you were editing and you were rewriting and you were adding things in. And within two hours, we had that entire thing. It had gone back six or seven times. You don't make a lot of mistakes, I've noticed. Now, also my company, the publishing arm of Blue Shoe Strategy, published your first book. And I remember the editor who worked on your book said to me, for a draft from a first time book author, there are very few mistakes. There's some, you worked really well with her and I think you admired our Harvard bound. Yeah, yeah she was amazing. She's, Wonderful. Yes, yeah, since passed away. But she said, you guys worked for a few months on it, but she said the editing that was needed was very, very little. So the work that you do, the quality is not suffering by the amount of time you spend on it or that you go back and forth in and out of it. How do you account for that? I've always been strong in grammar anyway. That's just one of those things. I also have, you know how some people have an ear for music or an ear for language. I have an ear for the syntax of a sentence. So even before I knew where the subject was supposed to go and the verb and the preposition, I had an ear for how that sentence was supposed to sound. Mm -hmm. And it might sound mystical, but I really feel like I have great writing guides. Sometimes I feel like there are people on my shoulder, like slapping me in the head saying, go in this direction. Mm -hmm. I know you don't want to, but you're going to be so glad you did. So I believe that there's that too. There's that kind of wizardry that. So you get up at 6.30, you get out of bed at seven. What time do you go to bed? I try to be in bed by 11, 11.30, unless I am involved in something. If I'm involved in something, there's no holds barred on that. I was that person that if I decided to make Halloween costumes at 10 because the kids were asleep, it would be nothing to be like three o'clock. Yay, I'm done, you know, and then sleep for a couple hours. I've always had a lot of energy, which has been helpful. Which was my next question, energy. Okay, I would crash in an hour and a half of your life. Is it the way you eat? Is it the way you're thin and you keep moving? I mean, what do you account for in terms of your energy level, which most people would covet? And frankly, People would love to have the kind of energy level you do. Where does that come from? Or do you not know? So that, you no, know, it really does come from, I do eat well. I am a person that's not going to eat a lot of sugar or anything like that. So I don't have huge highs and lows. But also, I feel like an energy level is also something hereditary. My father had great energy. My mother is in her 80s and will cut down a tree, okay? So not just were they an example of moving forward, but they were also just very physically energetic people. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is hereditary. Like my husband's a very relaxed person. He came from two parents who are very relaxed people and they were pacing themselves. Mm -hmm. I feel like we just were never those people. Now, do you keep lists, Kathy? Are you a list keeper? And if so, how do you manage it? I do not keep a list. You know, it's funny you say that. I just read an article to be able to speak with you today. And the article talked about the danger of having to-do lists because to-do lists actually turns out you get less done in a day because what you do is you just look off for stuff to cross off the to-do list. And once you've crossed off 10 things, you think, oh, what a great day. In other words, it limits your capability. But in my mind, you know, I have a lot of balls in the air. I run a company. I am a writer. I have a lot of things going on. If I don't have a to-do list, I'm going to forget half of it. 
And I still haven't figured out how to manage those two elements, you know, so, mm-hmm. but you don't keep a list. Interesting. Cause you have a lot of things on your list to do. Well, and I don't always remember everything. Let's yeah. throw that out there. Yeah. You know, there are things that all of a sudden I will realize, oh my God, I was supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Nothing's caused me to regret for the rest of my life. I didn't keep that list, but there have been times where I've thought, oh my gosh, is today. So I've also got that thing where I will make a whole mental plan about Tuesday but I will forget to call Tuesday, January, whatever that would be this January 11th or January 13th. I will forget to call it that. So I'll make an equal plan for January 13th. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm running these parallel lives. Okay. So I, it doesn't, just not writing it down has not always been in my favor. Right. You know, I think it sounds like you have a pretty good understanding of your strengths and weaknesses and everybody has them, but your strengths far outweigh the weaknesses. Now, the way we met, I gave a speech on Cape Cod about marketing work that you're publishing or whatever. And you came up to me at the end of that. And you asked me two very pointed questions that I thought were really smart, but I have no idea what they are years later. Okay. Then you followed up with me with an email. Then you know, asked me to add to your list. You pushed me to stay in touch. We are now friends. This is years ago. And I rarely become friends with the people that I work with, by the way. It's not by design. It's just not, I just, you know, who has time for more friends at our age, but you pushed forward consistently, but not aggressively. And I figure when she meets somebody that has something to offer her or she likes or whatever, you're never afraid to do the ask and you keep going with it. And I think that's a great asset too. And I wonder if you have a hundred of me's in your life or. I don't. And actually, but I do have important people and you're in that list as far as people who have influenced my life and who have influenced the direction that my life has taken. So I have important people that way, but for the most part, I also tend to be a loner in very many ways. I mean, even having you ask me to collaborate on a piece that we were writing together, that immediately sets a little lurch of fear. Like, oh my gosh, what if I want to say this sentence and she wants to say that sentence? Like that can be fearful. And then it worked out so well. I think you learned that I just put out what I want to say and I'm right. I'm pretty flexible I don't get invested in somebody else's work. Yeah, yeah. Well, I found that to be true, not even for you, but also for myself, because collaborating was not something I ever did. I knew what I had going on, and I couldn't imagine how somebody else was going to factor into it. And more and more, you know, whether it's doing a rewrite on a script or whatever, more and more that collaborating piece has been fun. Yeah. But I wouldn't have called it fun prior to that. Well, you know, it's funny because what I'm learning about collaboration is A, choose very wisely. Absolutely. And two, the other thing I've (laughs) learned is that collaboration is going to make your work better. Like that piece was better than it would have been if I just published mine or you have just. Or if I just published mine. I agree. Yeah. Well, I want to mention, you know, because we're very busy. Women with no time. We're about wrapping up here. We're almost done. But I did want to mention your two books. Baklava, Biscotti, and... An Irishman. (laughs) Yes. And your follow-up book, which she wrote because everybody said, well, what happened? What's the backstory to this book? And, you know, and it's an Irishman's son, the backstory. It's actually a a double book. So I wanted to mention that. You can buy them on Amazon or you can go to kathyaspen.com and you'll be able to find her work. But I think in wrapping up, I learned a lot from just asking you how it works. And There's good news in my mind to summarize, and there's bad news. Part of this 
is that's just who you are and that you're born with it or you're not. But it doesn't mean I can't use some of the tools that you laid out to aspire to, you know, where you don't have to finish the project, just start. There's a book, I believe, written that's called Just Start, where it's like people, yeah, yeah, the biggest problem for anybody getting anything done is that they just don't actually get out and start. So in this 2021, one of the things that I did is every year I put out a word for myself to sort of look at all year and try to aspire to. One year it was grace, another year it was focus. And this year it's finish. And what that means for me, and I think this is making me already, I'm seeing I have a lot more time. So in the morning, I drink this glass of green. I don't know what the hell's in it, but okay. It's supposed to be meaningful to me. We'll see. So, but at the same time, I write in my journal. I do have a morning ritual now. So I write in my journal. I have that glass of green juice or whatever. And then I finish the journal and then I take my coffee and I, by then I've showered and made my bed and done everything. I mm-hmm. go upstairs to begin work. Okay. I'm not allowed to go upstairs till I finish and finishing includes taking that glass and washing it and putting it to bed. Meaning wow, so that yeah. when I come down at lunchtime, there isn't a glass already on the table or, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you can leave things unfinished. Absolutely. I think for some people like me, I am finding that if I make sure, if I open an email, I have to finish it. I am not allowed to go look at something that's popping into my inbox or whatever. I think it's because I'm way too ADD to be able to, there's chaos in my house if I don't do it that way. And I'm finding that now all of a sudden my house is really organized, very well laid out. It's, I moved to a much smaller home. I, I downsized this year. And I'm loving that I don't have as much stuff to get in the way of my to-do list and what I want to accomplish. So I think there are lots of things to do. We would love to hear from you about what ideas you have around this. But if anybody wants to like get something done, send it to Kathy because, (laughs) because, you know. Yeah, I envy your way too, trust me. (laughs) Yeah, I'll bet. Okay, but wait, let me just end with, this is when Andrew and I went nuts when we were talking about you on the phone when you weren't there last night. And that was... So she makes this turkey pie and puts it up on Facebook, show off that she is. And then I text her recipe, please. Within a half an hour in my email inbox was not a copy of a recipe. It was, she had written the entire thing out. And not only did she write it out, she gave me these special instructions. Like, don't do this and use a mason jar. Mason jars are your friends. I mean, I'm like, who the fuck are you? You know, like, <laughs> and I said to Andrew, like, I can't deal. She can't be on our island anymore. And he's like, well, you know, Andrew's like, you know, Kathy and I are very, and Andrew's like, well, I got to think about what you're saying. Like, we don't have time for anything. Just tell you know. I know. We should have brought him on this podcast. I know. He would tell us that time management was about pacing yourself. (laughs) Exactly. So not only did she make the turkey thing, but then when I asked for it online, within a half an hour, I had it in my inbox. So, you know, I think I am so grateful to call you my friend. And, Uh, you know, for ladies who launch, I think you're an amazing woman and so much to have already put in front of the world. So I thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you, Christine. Okay. Thank you. 